0: Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word.
1: Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayirlist2020 at gmail.com. The splendor
0: of the King Lord just all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He rests rests himself in love. When darkness strives to hide, trembles at his voice.
2: Ken, would you come and lead us in our opening prayer, please? and We'll get started this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank You for this day to be in Your house. Father, thank You for those in attendance. Lord God, I pray that as the pastor brings the word this morning, that we would all be enlightened, Heavenly Father, God, as to what it it is that You would have us to hear. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hopefully, we'll be able to begin having our morning Bible study again real soon. So be praying about that. We're hoping to uh, get that started. And uh, uh, we're just waiting on the government to say you can have more time in uh, the church. So uh, anyway, be praying about that. We're looking at some other things for uh, for Christmas, for that time of year uh, that's coming up. And a uh, very uh, special time because we commemorate what at Christmas? What a- <laughs> birth of Christ. All right. Yeah, somebody remembers. <laughs> yeah, the birth of Christ. Everybody knows that. So, anyway, uh, Frank, you want to come and let us know about updates or concerns on our prayer list? Good morning, everyone. The only update I have: is Sonny's sister, older sister, 89, I believe, yeah, 89. fell and broke her shoulder, so uh, she's in the states, correct? Yeah, the states, mm-hmm. so. I de- I put her on the prayer list, but definitely did pray for for that. Yeah. And we got a new lady, Marie. Just she's from upstairs, so she just comes on down. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. And that's really all I had. Need to right. turn the mic on. Oh, well, I need to turn my mic on. Uh-huh. You mean you can't hear me without it being on? now it says on alright um, Marie came from up 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 there <laughs> <laughs> welcome Marie uh, I just thought of that when he was saying that a moment ago and we're glad all of you are here and uh, uh, good to have some back that haven't been able to be here for a while very thankful that you're here this morning and uh, hopefully we'll See, you continue to attend all the time now, right? Hope so. All right. Uh, Our next hymn is To God Be the Glory. So let us stand and we'll sing this together. You may be seated. Sonny, yes. y'all are not in your place here. I know that's not a real good place to sit anyway because you can't see the uh, screen as well, can you? Alright, uh, my message this morning is I am the Son of God. I am the Son of God. As we're going through the I am statements that Jesus made, and we'll talk about these in just a moment. But our scripture verses are divided this morning. We're looking at John chapter 8, verses 56 through 58, and then John chapter 10, verses 36 through 38 All the I am statements you remember are taken from the book of John. This is where Jesus gave these statements. And the I am statements are so very important. All right, chapter 8, beginning with verse 56. Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day, he saw it. And rejoiced. The Jews replied, You aren't fifty years old yet. And you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, I assure you, before Abraham was, I am. And then skip over to chapter 10, verse 36. Do you say you're blaspheming to the one the Father set apart and sent into the world? Because I said, I am the Son of God. If I'm not doing my Father's works, don't believe me. But if I am doing them, and you don't believe me, believe the works. This way you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today that we have the privilege of worshiping the great I Am. Help us to understand more about that today as we open your word, as we think about what you said and how... You are the I Am. And I pray today that if there are those that have never known Him, who have never trusted Him, who have never understood who you are, that today would be the time, and this would be the place, that they understand that most profound truth, and they would trust you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I've mentioned to you before the different things that we're going to be looking at in the I Am statements. And I'd like to look back a little bit at that. Last week, you remember, we looked at Jesus' I Am statement. That He is the Good Shepherd. That's also found in chapter 10. Verses 11 and 14. Now again, they all include, I am the bread of life, chapter 6. I am the light of the world, chapter 8. I am the door of the sheep, chapter 10. Verses 7 and 9. I am the good shepherd, chapter 10, verses 11 and 14. And then, I am the Son of God, chapter 10, verse 35, as we're looking at today. If you notice, several of these are found in chapter 10, aren't they? And then we're going to be looking at, I am the resurrection and the life, chapter 11. I am the way, the truth, and the life, chapter 14. I am the true vine, chapter 15. And that will conclude our I Am statements. Each one of these I Am's represent a particular relationship that Jesus wants to have to meet the spiritual needs of men and women in our world today. So they're very important. Now, of all of these I am statements that Jesus made, which one do you suppose caused the most controversy? Of all that he had said, which one? Which one? Son of God. You're right. This statement caused the Jewish leaders to conspire together to take his life. They wanted to end him, take him out of the world. And as Jesus stated that he was God's son, the Christ, the Messiah, this is the one. John recorded many other statements that Jesus had made that clearly tells us that he's the son of God sometimes he uses the word son of God sometimes he uses other words to mean the same thing to Nicodemus he called himself the son of man and he called himself God's one and only son in that same passage of scripture in chapter 3 verses 13 through 18 as he Gave that time with Nicodemus. Nicodemus had come to Jesus by night, remember? And I think Nicodemus understood what Jesus was saying. And he understood that he is the Son of God. We find this in other actions that Nicodemus had in his life. Now, what does the Son of Man mean? That phrase. Well, as it was used in Old Testament prophecy, it referred to God's anointed one. The promised Messiah. And so, Son of Man to us today might not seem all that important. But the Jews understood what Jesus was saying. He wasn't just saying, I'm a Son of a Man. But He was clearly identifying Himself as the Messiah. And the uh, Jews, as I said, understood that. To the woman at the well. This is found in John chapter 4, verses 25 and 26. He called himself the Christ. Now Messiah was the word that the Jews used to think about the promised one. Christ is a Greek title. That was used to identify the same individual to the jews who opposed him in chapter 5 the crowds on the day he preached the bread of life sermon in chapter 6 when jesus preached the light of the world sermon in chapter 8 and to the man born blind who jesus had healed In chapter 9, He called Himself the Son of God. All of these times. Now, I've been a student of the Word of God, and you have too, for many years. And it's easy sometimes for us to forget that Christ's claims were quite controversial. Quite shocking. Here was a man from a town that had a bad reputation. Nazareth. And from a family that they knew. They had known Mary and Joseph. And they knew that he was their son. And they didn't understand the miraculous birth that we're going to be talking about this month. And so, Jesus making these claims, these statements that clearly were identifying Him as God's Son. These were things that the Jews just would not accept wouldn't believe try to imagine if you will how his first listeners reacted to this statement and think about the key verse that we're using today in 858 where Jesus said I assure you Before Abraham was, I am. What is he saying? Is he not saying I existed before Abraham did? He is. And like the original hearers, people today, need to decide what to do with all of these claims that Jesus made. Are these things true? Can you accept these things today? Well, I think for this congregation, yes, you can say, Oh, yeah, I believe that. But for many in the world, they can't see that, can they? While Jesus questioners those that were opposing him and came and confronted him, they positioned themselves as prosecutors. They wanted to condemn him. And they tried to trip him up in the things that he was saying. Now, most rabbinical teachers of that day and time, would verify their teachings by quoting some other individual that they accepted as a scholar and use their words to authenticate their claims or their preaching their teaching but jesus matthew seven twenty nine says taught as one who had authority In other words, he was teaching from himself. Not claiming somebody else's statements that he could latch on to, but he was quoting God himself, quoting God's Word, and claiming those things for himself. He framed his entire mission and his identity on what the Old Testament teaches. His authority was derived from his Father. And there was no other witness necessary except the Father himself. That's what he claimed. And you think about an individual that's in court. And I know Jesus wasn't in court at this particular time, but uh, uh, they were trying to question him as though he were in court. And think about a defendant that would say, well, God is my witness and I don't need any other witness. What would you think about an individual that claimed that today? But that's what Jesus was saying. And that's what his hearers understood. Now, if you watched TV or go to movies, you've seen Jesus and his followers made to look like a bunch of fools, a bunch of nuts. Christians are easy target for satire. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that church people often give plenty of ammunition for people to make fun of us. I do. But I'm not referring to good nature humor. I'm referring to the media today that depicts Jesus and His churches in the most negative way possible. Except for Mel Gibson's portrayal of Christ in The Passion, most big-budget Jesus movies present him as confused, conflicted, inconsistent, uh, inconsistent, and even immoral, like The Last Temptation of Christ. I don't recommend that movie, by the way. To any of and even Disney's hunchback of Notre Dame had a bishop who was evil incarnate that's how many times Christian people are pictured to the world maybe that's because it's easier to reject the claims of Christ if you laugh at off if you just don't take it seriously at all. Now the Apostle Paul had something to say about that. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. He says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. The world looks at it differently than we look at it. They don't see Christ the way we see. And so it's hard for them to understand the message, just like it was hard for these Jews who were against Christ here during His ministry to understand Jesus. In John chapter 8, verse 30, It indicates, however, that many did trust Him. As He gave His words, as He preached, as He taught, many did accept Him. And it goes on to tell us that Jesus instructed these individuals. He taught them. And that's what much of the New Testament is all about, teaching us who know Jesus as our personal Savior. but many rejected him and you remember as we come to the crucifixion and Jesus is on trial before Pilate and Pilate asked the crowd now of course they were led by the Pharisees and and Jews that uh, uh, didn't believe him and so he said, what will I do with then with Jesus, who is called the Christ? And they said, crucify Him, crucify Him. Remember that? These prosecutors, these individuals that were against Christ, understood the implications of His words. And in the fury of their arguments they stuck by their guns and they instructed that he couldn't really be from abraham in either a spiritual or a physical way chapter or verse 48 here tells us but jesus responded to their accusations And he identified himself plainly. No question about it. And he takes the divine name from Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. You remember we talked about this in my very first sermon. Where Moses is instructed by the I Am. Now who was it that was instructing Abraham, uh, or Moses? Who was it that was talking to him? It was Jesus. And so Jesus used that I am in his proclamation to the crowd. And he answered before Abraham was, or before Abraham was born, I am. He existed before Abraham is what he was telling the crowd. Because He was the eternal I Am. Do you see what He's saying? Now let me ask you this morning. Has Jesus made some claims that you struggle to believe? Does it seem impossible that this great I Am, if you believe that He is, can actually care about you? He's concerned about you and your life. Do you think that Jesus is the Son of God? And if you do, do you think it matters? The Messiah. Because He is the great I am the eternal God, created a way for us to have salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of the great I Am. Yes, it should matter to each one of us. Because what He did was for me. Jesus, God incarnate, was sinless. He did not commit one sin. Not one. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, doesn't it? So Jesus didn't deserve to die. But He did. And He went to the cross for me. For my sin. And the Bible clearly states that He took upon Himself the sins of humanity as He died for us. But that's not the end of the story, is it? Death was not the end of Jesus. You know, His accusers, His enemies, thought, oh, if we could just kill Him, that would end Him. But it doesn't, does it? He came forth from the grave. That great I Am didn't stay there, did he? And He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so individuals need to believe in Him. Need to trust Him as their Savior. Let us stand again this morning and blessed assurance. Is our final hymn
0: blessed assurance? Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine! Air of self- of God born of his spirit Dr. Fred, would you come?
2: lead us in our closing prayer, please. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus is true today as he was years ago. Yes, Father. And Lord, help us to walk with you in heavenly places here on earth. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that this day we can still rejoice as the disciples did when they walked with him. Thank you, Jesus, for the word of God, and thank you for saving our souls. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at steverwood.com, Zero zero two at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com.
0: Thank you, and God bless.